This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021, here in the U.S., and it's already Thursday, April 1st in Hong Kong, where my guest is. I've got the wonderful Ben Sin here on the show. Hi, Ben. How are you? Hi, Miriam. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, always. I've got you on because, well, you know, you're kind of like my ambassador to Chinese phone kingdom, basically. I love the fact that I, as an American reviewer, get access to a lot of Chinese phones and cover them extensively, more than other US reviewers. But... I can only dream of the level of access you have. And having you on the show is always such a delight because I can pick your brain about the things that I can't get my hands on. <laughs> so let's start with the Xiaomi stuff because obviously there was a bunch of announcements last week. Were you, um, were you there for those? Did you watch it live? Yes, I, I watched both nights and um, was caught off guard because I, I watched only because I needed to write the the launch article for the Mimix Fold for XDA developers. Okay. So I sat through the entire first night at the end just for Xiaomi's boss, Lei Jun, to say, oh, I have a cold, so we'll continue tomorrow. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah, because because I didn't I didn't need to watch the other products because we had gotten the press release before. Right. But, but Xiaomi would not give us a press release before for the Fold. That makes sense. Yeah, they did uh, give me very basic info on the other phones and they sent me a Mi 11 Lite 5G with a spec sheet to basically have before the embargo so I did an unboxing video and I, I know you did a, a hands-on with the non-5G version so yeah what are your thoughts on this on this Mi 11 Lite? I I like it a lot I actually I might be in the um, I might be in the minority in this among reviewers but I actually like curved screens so I usually find uh-huh. flat panel phones to not feel as comfortable, but I okay. felt like Xiaomi did a good job with this one. It's a flat panel phone, but it still feels very nice in hand, and it's so thin and light. Yeah, that's the thing that struck me the most about it, how premium it feels for a mid-ranger, right? I mean, less than even a mid-ranger at this point. Um, and the fact that it didn't chintz too much on the materials, like it does have a plastic frame, I think, but front and back are glass, which is nice, right? Yeah, and and it's among one of the thinnest and lightest um, phones so far. I mean, not counting the phones with the really small screens like an iPhone 12 mini. I actually never got around to checking the specs between the 4G version you have and the 5G version I have in terms of differences in size, if there is any. But mine is 6.8 millimeters thick. It's a 5G version with the Snapdragon 780G, which is a brand new chip from Qualcomm, right? Yeah. The 4G and 5G versions, I believe, are exactly the same except for the chip. Okay, I I was wondering about that. Yeah, so thanks for confirming. So honestly, I love this phone in terms of industrial design and actually might like it better than the Mi 11, you know, the flagship one. Yeah, I think I do. Why is that? It's just because you like it's lighter, flat screen? I don't know. I think it feels, it's kind of taking some of those rounded edges and squaring them off. And Mm. it feels a little um, more aesthetically pleasing to me. I'm a big fan of that Dieter Rams school of design, you know, that we saw on the iPhone 4 and 5. 
and is back now with the iPhone 12. So hmm. I feel like the the Mi 11 Lite kind of falls into that, you know, essentially flat on the top and bottom. And then, you know, it's not as quite as square on the on the rim as the iPhones are, but it has that that general kind of aesthetic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I know I know what you mean, and that's why I like it too. Um, because it's mostly uh, it's a little it's flat and also kind of slightly more rectangular than usual Chinese flagships, but then the side, the frame is still slightly rounded, so it's still a little um, curvy to hold. Not like the iPhone's 12, uh, 12 series, which feels very sharp. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the best of both worlds. It has that visual aesthetic of the DDRAMs without the physical like sharpness of it that you get on an iPhone, you know? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And so the other thing I love is the camera pod because I love the camera pod on the 11. And so there it is, replicated. It's a little thinner. It's kind of been flattened out a bit because you don't have that big 108 megapixel sensor. So the Z depth can be a little more reasonable, right? But honestly, I think it's my favorite design coming out of Xiaomi in probably in like the whole last year. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot too. I, I think I'm going to use it. It's probably going to be my go-to second phone. Yeah. M meaning the phone that I keep around the house when I need to just check something because it's so light and thin. Because ultimately, I, I'm, I'm spoiled. So for my main phone, I'm still going to use a flagship. Yeah. But for my second phone, I think that's perfect. Yeah, you're like me. I, I keep a bunch of phones just floating around on my desk and I pick whatever I feel like for the day sort of thing. And uh, sometimes change halfway through the day. Yeah. Um, so look, I think this... I like the design, I like the lightness, and I like the fact that it's a little small. It's a, you know, it's a 6.5-inch phone, right, essentially? So it's a little smaller than those big flagships, but it still delivers enough screen real estate to be usable, right? So all of this, plus this new chip from Qualcomm, at least on my unit, has me pretty excited about this phone. And then, of course, the specs on that display and the display actually, you know, when you experience it are pretty impressive, right? Yeah, agreed. It's like a 90 hertz, 1080p AMOLED panel, but it has 10-bit color depth, so 1 billion colors, and it has, like, it's incredibly bright. I don't remember the nits, but, you know, I, in California here, I took it out for lunch and I was like, wow, this is incredible. It's almost as good as a Mi 11. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's awesome if that's the case because you know in Hong Kong it's it doesn't get anywhere as sunny right. as in California. Yeah. So I can't usually tell these things because you know I'm from LA too. So whenever I go back to LA, I do find that wait at like 3 p.m. it's really hard to use my phone outside <laughs> because the sun is just so strong. Yeah. So what I've noticed, frankly, Ben, is that anything above 12 to 1300 nits peak is what you want. And right now, mm. that really doesn't cover a lot of phones. That covers the Mi 11 and Galaxy S21 Ultra, which both have the same display. It covers yeah. the OnePlus 9 Pro and the OnePlus 9 to some extent, which is a little lesser. It covers the Oppo Find X3 Pro. And of a current crop of flagships, that's about it. And I think that I have to check the numbers, but I think that the Mi 11 Lite, at least my 5G version, is very close to the the OnePlus 9, like around 11, 1200 nits. Mm. So at least perceptively, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So so considering the Mi 11 Lite is so much cheaper than those other phones you mentioned, that's very, very impressive. 
Yeah, and you get the 5G version, you get you get a proper 5G chip derived from the 888 that is 5 nanometers and gives you 5G, whether you care or not. I mean, for some people that matters. And it's interesting that they did two versions, one with 4G with a 720G. And it, I don't know if your 720G has NFC, but my 5G version has NFC, which, as you know, in the US is a thing that matters because of Google Pay, right? Yeah. So... That's good news too. No headphone jack. That's a bit of a negative because a lot of these 300 euro-ish price point phones normally have headphone jacks still. So, yeah. well, no big deal. And then uh, what else? Oh, 64 megapixel main camera with a, I think, 8 megapixel ultrawide. It's the same ultrawide you see on the Poco F3, on the even on the Redmi Note 10, I think it's the same ultrawide. It's not a particularly great ultrawide. It's fine. And then there's that 5 megapixel autofocus macro, which I think might be pulled right out of the Mi 11, actually. Maybe, it has, maybe it's not quite as close up, but the fact that it has autofocus makes it useful if you care about macro, right? Yeah. I agree. Do you care about macro? Are you more of a telephoto person? Uh, I, I mean, if I have to pick, I prefer telephoto, but I would like to use macro too if it's available. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I'll, I prioritize the telephoto. But I really like it when companies are doing what OnePlus did with the 9 and, and 9 Pro and, and Oppo's done you know, with a bunch of phones where they use the ultra-wide as a macro lens by having autofocus on it and, you know, being able to focus up close, right? Yeah. That's a good compromise because you get like a big sensor and like pixel binning and all those benefits, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because isn't that, isn't that uh, what Samsung did with the S21 Ultra? Because I really like the S21 Ultra's macro mode. Yeah. Too. So actually Samsung's been doing that for a lot of phones. I, I'm pretty sure that the S20s did it last year as well on the Note 20. I mean, this one, my point is that if you spend the money on a nice ultra-wide as a manufacturer, just add, a, add autofocus and some software, and now you have a macro. You don't need to put another lens in there, right? Yeah. I, I want to actually pick your brain about this. I'm kind of distraught by the fact that the Chinese manufacturers have been dropping the telephoto left, right, and center, especially in the mid-range for a while now. And the biggest culprit here is BBK Group, and the second biggest is Xiaomi Group. Like, have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I, I'm guessing they're doing this as a way to keep costs reasonable. Yeah. Because I, I think smartphone components, you know, they are giving us more and more in terms of screen. You know, now they have to give us 120 hertz, sometimes WQHD, Snapdragon triple A, all that. Then, then I guess if they still want to keep it under, say, one thousand US dollars, and they have to remove something. Yeah. I'm just a little bummed by that. I mean, it worked out pretty well with the Mi 11, the flagship, because the 108 megapixel sensor gives you enough room to zoom and you can get some good photos up to like 5x or so. But yeah. I still miss the real telephoto. And I certainly don't like what Samsung's doing on their telephotos on the lesser S21s. The Ultra is fantastic. But the, yeah. that, that 64 megapixel sensor that's cropped at 1.1x zoom is kind of a cop-out telephoto, right? Yeah, agreed. I, I'm generally not impressed with Samsung's uh, mid-tier offerings, but that's because I'm, I live in a place where I have access to all these Chinese phones where their exactly. mid-tier <laughs> offerings just give you more for your money. Yeah. But, but yeah, I was really bummed out about the Oppo Find X3 Pro. I love that phone a lot, but the lack of a zoom lens 
Or, or, or actually, they do have a telephoto, but they don't have a periscope zoom Yeah, it's lens. just a 2X, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit disappointing considering Oppo was one of the pioneers of the periscope I zoom I know, lens. right? They went all yeah. out, all in on that microscope. So, you know, I've been theorizing, and you tell me what you think because you're in a better position being there in Hong Kong and being following BBK a little closer than me. My gut is that maybe they're holding back for a fine X3 Ultra that's even more expensive and has all the goods. Thoughts? Maybe. If, if that's the case, that's scary because the Fine X3 Pro is actually... Is expensive. Yeah, way more expensive than I thought when they announced. I was like, wait, this is like 1,300 US dollars? Because I thought it would be like 900 $900 yeah something. no it's it's like but it's you know having used mine extensively now you know we're not diving into this too much today because i've already covered it but it's so good like i like that phone so much and if it supported 5g bands in the u.s i would probably make that my main phone right now despite the telephoto <laughs> being kind of basic because i just love the way it feels in hand and generally that I like premium phones and you know, I'm on a OnePlus 8 Pro right now. I'm about to switch to the 9 Pro for the 5G support. And you know, it's a good phone, the 9 Pro, but you know, again, we covered that last week, but it's like, I feel like the, you know, the Oppo Find X3 Pro is like more special, right? It's, it's different and unique. And at least here in North America, it's very rare too, right? So yeah. Yeah. The other thing that surprised me, Ben, was when I actually started using that telephoto, even though it's only a 2X, the results coming out of it, I was really impressed with. Like, it certainly won't zoom too far because it's got such a small magnification on the lens, but it does deliver some really solid quality results. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think any, anything under, under five times zoom is yeah. still very sharp on the Oppo Find X3 Pro. And I feel that the OnePlus 9 Pro, even though it has a 3.3x optical, is probably just as good, if not a little below that, in terms of telephoto performance. And it's kind of surprising considering you look at the numbers, you're like, well, a 2x telephoto can't be as good as a 3.3x if you zoom, I'd say, 5x on both of them, right? Mm. But yet... Put them side by side and try it out because I'm, I was surprised by that. I was like, wait a minute. And then put the Mi 11 side by side with all these two and use its 108 megapixel to do a 5X. And it's interesting. You're kind of like, well, it's no Galaxy S21 Ultra. It's no, you know, Huawei P40 Pro Plus, certainly. But it's all three of them do a pretty decent job at 5X with their completely different approaches, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. But I wish, particularly BBK, that used the Reno series used to have telephotos left, right, and center. You know, Xiaomi used to have telephotos as well. Remember the K20 Pro? It was such a great phone. It essentially, you know, was the Poco F1 successor in many ways. But but it had a telephoto. You had, had no OIS on the telephoto, which was a bit of a pain. But, I mean, I just now they're going to these, like, crappy little macros and what I call sticker cameras, you know, the two megapixel fixed focus. Uh, let's increase the camera count cameras. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. So that's why whenever I review um, Chinese phones that are under $500 and, and they always will have those 
2 megapixel, 5 megapixel depth sensor. I don't even really talk about them in a video because it's just not worth anyone's time. Yeah, yeah, I ignore them too. I just mention them so that I have completeness so nobody can say you didn't talk, you didn't say that it exists. But I don't elaborate, yeah. I just ignore them. And I and I mention it, I just say, they're, I call them sticker cams. I'm like, they could be stickers, it wouldn't make any difference, it feels like. But look, yeah. I'm impressed with this Mi 11 Lite for the very bit of time I've used it. It's only been a day or so for me. But I have some notes I want to share with you and the audience around the 780G. As you and I discussed briefly before the podcast started, the 888 chip from Qualcomm is pretty impressive. But, you know, at Hot Hardware, I'm not a huge benchmark person or gaming person, but we do we do benchmarks on all the reviews. And I've reviewed a bunch of flagships for them now and with 888, and we've noticed that a lot of them throttle if you do sustained performance tests on them, except for the Mi 11 so far, it's the only one, and of course the, the Asus ROG Phone 5, which is designed for that. But they throttle a lot more than 865 phones used to, meaning that if you mm. run a performance test for 20 minutes, right, after two or three or four minutes, it starts losing steam a bit in terms of performance, sustained performance. And it's not a huge deal. Like, I don't think you shouldn't buy a phone because of that, unless you're like a hardcore gamer or something. But it's interesting that we didn't see it on the 865 or the 765 phones. And now we're seeing on the 888. And I'm wondering is since the 780G is derived from the 888, if we're going to see that on the 780G, and if it's maybe related to the 5 nanometer fab or the new x1 arm cores that they're using where qualcomm wasn't really able to fully optimize quite the hardware yet and that the manufacturers haven't had the time to tweak their software to really take advantage of the chips because i felt like the oneplus 9 and 9 pro didn't feel as telepathically fast to me as the 8 and 8 pro did last year and i don't know maybe it's because the newer version oxygen os is a little heavier because we've, you know, since then we've, we've upgraded to a new version of Oxygen, or if it's Android 11. And the reason I'm bringing it up in the context of the Mi 11 Lite is with that 780G, I've noticed the phone gets hot. Like, I'm not playing games. I'm just taking photos, editing photos, like just playing around with the phone. And I found that if I'm really like doing a lot at once and switching apps a lot and stuff, it gets like warm in my hand, which is not something you normally feel on a phone today. You really normally have to play a game or watch Netflix for a really long time, right? To really feel the heat. And this is kind of interesting to me. So I'm wondering if there is something there. Yeah, that's problematic if even using the camera and switching apps gets the phone hot. I mean, it's warmer than it should be. I shouldn't say hot because it's not like, oh my God, like, you know, when your mm. battery's being drained by a th weird third-party app and you know something's up and you have to restart your phone. Not that hot, but more like, this seems warmer than it should be for what I'm doing. You know, mm. and if, like, I, we're going to talk about the Poco F3 in a minute. If I have the two of them side by side and do the same things, the Poco F3 never gets warm in my hand at all. Like, it just seems to be idling away, doing nothing. Whereas, you know, the Mi 11 Lite is like, I'm working hard. And it's weird because I don't mm. remember that on any 765G phones last year. Yeah. So maybe the fact that the Mi 11 Lite is so thin, thin yeah, they, exactly. they couldn't put the same uh, cooling as the Poco phones because the, the two Poco phones that we're going to talk about next, they're, they're quite thick compared to the Mi 11 Lite. That's true. But the other thing I want to point out so people don't freak out is that 
this is not a deal breaker in the sense that the battery life doesn't seem to be impacted by this. So it's not like this heat is resulting in an excessive battery drain. So this might actually be proof that the thermal architecture of this phone is designed to dissipate heat better, right? It could actually be a positive. Mm. It's hard to tell. My engineering brain is kind of trying to figure it out, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, so that's my quick take on the, the Mi 11 Lite 5G after unboxing and doing a day or two of reuse. And, and the cameras are, you know, pretty much what you expect from a 64 megapixel non-OIS, you know, Xiaomi camera with a pretty crappy 8 megapixel ultrawide and a relatively okay macro in there. It's, it's nothing crazy, but it's not, it's not bad. Like, it's very usable, right? Yeah, I agree. I, I think ultimately, we when we talk about these phones, we have to remember the price. And once you remember the price, then it almost kind of explains everything. Yeah. Like the ultra wide angle camera is almost unusable at night unless you use night mode. But again, it's like three hundred dollars, three hundred US dollars. Yeah the the five G version is three hundred and seventy euros, which will end up being basically the same in US dollars once importers bring it to the US. It'll probably be like 20 or $30 more. It'll be $400 US. And then the mm. Poco F3 is 350 euros. And that means it's going to sell in the US for like 380 390 you know? Okay. Mm. Yeah. So the, the 4G version you have, though, is you said 300 US dollars roughly? Yeah, around there. It's It's... It's a little bit tough for me to, to figure out the price because the euro price is it's usually higher than what I exactly, can buy yeah. here in Hong Kong. So if I go by Hong Kong prices, it, it'd be under 280 US for sure. Under the US price, yeah. yeah. And if you go by euro, it's higher. That's why I don't convert the euros directly. I just kind of, I take the euro price and I add like 10%, you know? And I find mm, that's yeah. generally the importer's price in the US. Yeah. So that works out. So... What else is there to talk about on these phones? That's, that's it. Talked about the cameras. The display is really special, I think. The, the industrial design is really nice. And, and then the processor options are great too, right? And that's what it's nice about these phones. The Xiaomi's, I call it the parts bin company. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like in this case, I think it's a positive, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, stereo audio, stereo speakers, which is really nice. They sound pretty decent too. Yeah, they, they sound really, really good to my ears. The Xiaomi Mi 11 lights uh, speaker. Yeah. Yeah, they get very loud. Yeah. I mean, Xiaomi lately has really impressed me with their speakers. The Mi 11 flagship obviously has great speakers tuned by Harman or whatever. Yeah, Harman Kardon. The phone that blew my mind the most recently in terms of Xiaomi's part spinning awesomeness is the Redmi Note 10 Pro, right? I don't know if you've played with it. Mm, yeah. But it's like... I don't know, less than 300 US dollars, 250, 260 US dollars. It's a 4G phone, right? Snapdragon 732G maybe? But it has a 108 megapixel camera in the back, kind of like the the Realme 8 Pro we're going to talk about in a minute. And it's uh, got the same display as the Poco F3 AMOLED panel. Yeah. And the speakers are good. That's where I was getting to. It's, it's like, I think Xiaomi is really completely blowing away the pricing. Like Oppo... I feel like when I see their prices, I'm always like, wow, you want this much for this Reno phone? It's a really nice phone, but it's all plastic. And, you know, it's premium looking, but you're asking for a lot of money, BBK, you know? Yeah. Do you feel the same? 
No, I agree. I think I think Xiaomi right now has the best value of any phone brand. Is it just that maybe that we're misguided that, that the Reno series is a premium mid-range series and it's positioned as such and maybe there are some other Oppo phones I'm not aware of that are much more affordable that I never see and I don't have any perspective because of that? What do you think? Uh, no, I think by and large, BBK prices their phones a little bit higher than Xiaomi. Like the Reno series, the, at least the, the last couple are definitely mid-tier phones, but they are priced like 500, 600 US around and for that same money, you just get way more from uh, Poco or Redmi or Xiaomi, like mid-tier device. Yeah, it's really impressive what they've been able to do. So speaking of Mi 11 variants, we have a Mi 11 Ultra and neither of you or I have it yet, but I've requested a review unit. I'm sure you can get your hands on it because you got the Mi 10 Ultra last year. I did not. Yeah. And I think what stands out here is that it's everything but the kitchen sink. It also stands out that there's no Mi 11 Pro yet. Well, there is one for China, not Oh, for... there is, yeah. But I'm talking about yeah. global. And there is a display in the back. And the camera specs are pretty crazy. So what's your take on this phone? Uh, I'm excited to try it out, but I'm a little bit concerned about how big the camera bump is. And yeah. I just think the screen ultimately will be a little bit of a gimmick. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But some people are going to love it. Do you remember that? Was it? I think it was an Oppo phone that had, or a Vivo phone. Oh, that screen on the back? No, it was a Meiju. Meiju, I, I tested that too. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's kind of like a rebirth of that. Yeah, I guess people who take a lot of selfies, like, um, they, they, they'll, they'll make use of it. I guess I shouldn't say it's a gimmick because people who do take their selfies seriously, it will be much better to be able to take with the main camera system. But I'm not much of a selfie person, so yeah, I think I, I will yeah. almost... I will almost not like never use that screen. I mean, I'm seeing on Xiaomi, there are other things you can do like control Spotify playback, but why would I want to do that when I can do that on the lock screen too? Yeah. I, I very rarely am going to leave my phone face down with the screen, you know, face down. I was surprised that they have a touch layer on there and some basic functionality. Like I thought it was just going to be very simply notifications of some sort, you know, and very simply like mirror for your selfie kind of thing. Uh, but they went a little beyond that, which is interesting. And then the other thing that are interesting to me is the specs on these cameras, that they have a massive GN2 50 megapixel sensor there, of course. That's nice. That's good news. Yeah. And then they have a 248 megapixel Sony IMX 586s, which are getting a little old now, but are really solid, well-known, well-tuned sensors now. And they have one for the ultra-wide, which is also has a lot of focus for macro, and then one for the periscope, which is kind of crazy. It's a 5X optical periscope. So, I mean, it's actually interesting to me that they didn't go with dual telephotos like, you know, Huawei and Samsung did for their ultra product. Yeah, and, and actually, Xiaomi did that before both of those brands. They did that with the Mi 10 Pro. It had two zoom lenses. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, and you know, technically, the Vivo X50 Pro last year had two zoom lenses too. Yeah. And the X60 Pro Plus this year has two lenses. I mean, one is a portrait lens. I get it, but it's still to my eyes a telephoto, right? It's 2X, yeah. but it's still a telephoto. And I used it as such on the, the X50 Pro. I, one of the reasons the X50 Pro was one of my favorite phones of last year and we're going to talk about your experience with the, the newer version, the X60 Pro Plus, was that because I, I had two telephotos to play with 
you know, but they weren't as expensive and fancy as the two telephotos on my P40 Pro Plus, right? Mm, yeah. So I felt it was more accessible, I guess, in terms of photography. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so the, the Ultra is a beast. I mean, it has all, it has everything, looks like. Yeah, I, I'm very excited about it because I really, really liked the Mi 10 Ultra last year. Yeah. And again, I might be in the minority in this, but I'm one of the few, uh, I really like Mi UI right now. I prefer Mi UI over many other Android skins, actually. So other than the size of the camera bump, I have all uh, positive feedback on the phone so far. Awesome. Well, I'm, I, you know, you're going to be getting your hands on it before me. So I'm going to wait for your review. I'm really mm. looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Switching gears really quick, there is also the Mi Mix Fold, which I'd love to hear what you think because unlike you, the only big foldy phone that I've had any like serious experience with, like spent a couple of weeks with, was the Z Fold 2 from Samsung, which, you know, is pretty much the only thing we get in the US. I played mm. briefly the Mate X. Obviously, I haven't seen the Mate X 2. We're going to talk about it. I haven't had a chance to play with anything else. So... You obviously haven't played with the Mi Mix Fold, but you know the pricing is really impressive, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me. It's because uh, Xiaomi has managed to push the foldable pricing down to 1,500 US. I think that was about the equivalent. Yeah, and that's very very close to to being not that expensive because I mean a new iPhone or a new Galaxy S21 Ultra is close to that price anyway. So we're we're not that far, maybe another half a year away from foldable phones. I'm talking about the the, the big ones, not the yeah, like, yeah. Z flip style. Um, we're not that far from those big tablet like foldable phones getting to maybe under one thousand three hundred dollars. And I think once you get below that then it becomes accessible for most people. Because right now $2,000 is still a lot to ask most people to pay. For sure. And what's interesting is that, am I reading this right in at least in Gadget article here? This is our good friend Richard Lai writing. Is it that the uh, refresh rate is 90 hertz, but it's only the outer screen? Does the out inner screen have 90 hertz as well? Do you know? No, the, the inner screen is 60 hertz. Okay. So that's a little bit disappointing for me. I, I feel like I after seeing 120 and even 90, it's really hard to go back to a 60. I agree 100%. I'm the same way. Yeah. But it has a pretty nice array of cameras, very similar to the Mi 11, except that it has a liquid lens on one of the cameras. That has me excited. Yeah, they, they seem very proud of that lens. They, that was like what they focused on mostly. So it can become a telephoto if needed, and it can become a macro if needed. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, it basically is one one camera lens that can do both telephoto and macro. That's amazing. And so basically it's the same setup as the Mi 11 otherwise. You get a 108 megapixel main sensor, you know, you've got your ultra wide, and it doesn't have autofocus. And instead of a just a dedicated five megapixel super macro, uh, with autofocus, like on the Mi 11 flagship, they've put this liquid lens in there, which is basically a fluid between a film and it, it just, um, by stretching and pulling the film, you adjust the shape of the liquid inside the film and it changes the shape of the lens, which is, you know, something that has been in the works for a long time, but we've never seen on a phone yet. So I'm impressed that they're selling this thing for this price 
and putting a completely radically new lens system in there, right? Yeah. Do you think it's any good? <laughs> I hope it's the optics are good enough, you know, like that it doesn't take away from the purity of the the clarity of the image. I, I I'm pretty sure the main camera will be good because I think Xiaomi well, does a really good one, job. Yeah. The you have the one away sensor. As for the liquid lens, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see because I feel like. It's cool that it can do two things, but then maybe it's not going to be amazing at either because the zoom's not going to be as far as, you know, it's not going to be a super long zoom. No. So it might not be able to do a good 10x zoom or something. So I have to wait and see. Well, it says it can reach 3x optical, which is, you know, it's a start, right? It's better than the Mi. It's better than the Mi 11 in the sense that the Mi 11 has to do that with its main lens. So. Yeah. I'm excited about this, especially, I'll tell you why, because I'll probably be able to get this if they make a global version. Like Xiaomi will send me a review in it if I ask for one. Whereas, you know, Samsung is very stingy about their folding phone review units. I've been able to get them through the carrier partnerships here in the US. And of course, I can't get my hands on a Huawei Mate X2 or Mate X. I've tried. They're very nicely said, no, we don't have any for the U.S. reviewers. Mm. And yeah, it's kind of sad. We're going to hear about your experience on this in a minute. I want to switch gears to the Poco F3 a little bit. Even though it's last week's news, I finally have a few days of use under my belt. And the more I'm using this phone, the more I'm impressed. Like, wow. Like the haptics feel like they're straight out of like the best flagships. Yeah. And it's the little things. Remember how I like the Mi 11 Lite 5G and 4G, I guess, so much because of the aesthetics and the thinness and the premium vibe that it had. The Poco F3 is not quite like that, but some aspects are very premium, like this vibration motor. And the display is really nice, 120 hertz, 1080p AMOLED. Yeah, the build quality is really good. And this is why earlier I said I'm not impressed with uh, Samsung's mid-tier offerings because... If you really compare them to what Xiaomi's offering you, it is clearly a notch below. Yeah. Like for example, the Galaxy S20 FE, I know I know every you know, if, if you review from just a US in a US vacuum, it's it's a great value. But for me, I just kept feeling, man, the haptics on this phone are mediocre. Yeah. The 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 screen, it's it's a flat panel and then the the edge where the screen ends and where it meets the chassis, it's very sharp because it's not a like rounded like it's a flagship so there's just like little things that i can tell this is like samsung cutting corners absolutely but you know for us we don't have a lot of choices so um when i need to recommend yeah, that's exactly why you know when i need to recommend a phone to someone who needs to 5g compatibility and wants a ui experience that doesn't suck too much you know and doesn't have the budget to buy like an s21 series phone or Note 20 Ultra or something. It's it's actually it's actually not bad. Like I I thought the camera system on the the S20 FE was what impressed me the most for the money. It really felt like it was up there with the rest of the S20 line. In fact, I would argue that the telephoto on the S20 Fan Edition is better than the telephoto on the S20 and S20 Plus. Not as good as the Ultras, right? But because it's not cheating, it doesn't have that stupid. 1.1x optical zoom on top of a 64 megapixel sensor. It has a real like 3x telephoto lens with a just a tiny little 8 megapixel sensor, but it's still way better in my opinion than the results you get out of a an S20 or S21 
or plus models of those two. So no, I agree. I mean, if I if I'm in the U.S. and a family or friend asks me what's the best value phone to buy, I would suggest S20 Ultra too because I have to factor in that's the um, nature of the market the beast, there. But yeah. I'm just saying, if I do compare when I pick up an S20 FE and I pick up I pick Xiaomi up like phone? a four hundred dollar yeah, yeah Xiaomi, and I'm just yeah, I'm like the Poco F3 has better um, build quality. It's glass. It's not 100%. plastic. The haptics are good. You know, so. Yeah, it's plastic frame and glass front and back, which is an improvement over some of the older Pocos. I don't really count the Poco F2 Pro last year as a proper successor to the Poco F1, because in my opinion, the proper successor to the Poco F1 is not a Poco. It's the Redmi K20 Pro in 2019, which is a Snapdragon 855. And then the Poco F2 Pro last year with 865 was a little too pricey, although it was a very nice phone. It was a little too pricey to really hit that sweet spot of what you expect from a Poco flagship. And then they remedied this with the Poco F3. I feel like the Poco F3 is really the true Poco branded successor to the F1 in spirit, in price, in cutting the right corners and the right ways to get the right result, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the takeaway is the camera is not so great. I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're nitpicking here because me and Ben review the best phones. It's a 48 megapixel, and I don't even know what sensor they're using. I think it's probably a Samsung or something. They're not using a Sony sensor here, sadly. But then there is an 8 megapixel generic ultra-wide that you see on all their other phones. And a 5 megapixel macro with autofocus, which I think these two cameras are identical to the Mi 11 Lite the, the ultra-wide and the macro. And then um, the display, as I said, is really nice. 90 hertz AMOLED, very bright. doesn't have the 10-bit feature. Uh, it's not, did I say 90 hertz? I meant 120 hertz. And, uh, of course, Snapdragon 870. And that thing just screams, Ben. Yeah. I, I feel it's faster than 888 phones. Wow. And, again, this goes back to what I was telling you about the optimization, I think it's a software thing. I think that, don't get me wrong, the Mi 11 is very, very fast and very, very fluid. But putting them side by side, I still have the Mi 11. You can't really notice a difference, yet the difference in price is radical, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say personally, I feel like the A70 is faster than the AAA, but if that's your experience, then okay. I mean, I'm not saying faster, but it feels in the same league, which it probably isn't a stretch since the 865. It's an 865 plus plus really right yeah yeah oh that's fair then yeah in the same league yeah i think it's in the same league i'm not sure it's faster but you can't really notice a huge difference yet the price difference is radical now of course you don't get the same display as a mi 11 you don't get the same cameras as a mi 11 but if you're looking for a phone that is going to last you three or four years i think dave lee's you know dave 2d on youtube his review of the Poco F3 is, is spot on. If you're looking to keep a phone for two years, assuming that Xiaomi updates it, you're going to get a phone that is going to feel still very usable in two years with that chip. And if you're a gamer, you're going to be very pleased with that phone at that price point. You know, imaging is not going to be the best. And, you know, it's not, it's a bit of a chunky phone because it's much bigger than the Mi 11 Lite. But I don't mind all that. I think it's very, I'm very impressed with it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So what's been your experience with the cameras on it? I think you've probably taken more photos than me. I think the main camera is pretty good, but all the other cameras are a little, you know, average. That's the case with, I feel like when 
if you buy a phone under four hundred dollars, you can't expect that, like a good ultra wide. You can't expect a good zoom. So it really yeah. comes down to the main camera, and I think the main camera of the Poco phones actually can hold its own. It's fine. You know, I'm wondering if they're using the same module as on the Poco M3. You know, the super cheap one. Yeah. That 48 megapixel sensor blew my mind for the price. I do not know what Voodoo Magic Xiaomi is doing in their imaging software stack, but I took photos with the Poco M3 at 100 and what, 160 US dollars. That I was like, wow, like it's not the fastest phone in terms of like shutter response, but man, the quality was spot on. And if that's the same sensor, now we have a Snapdragon 870 doing the ISP heavy lifting, you know it's going to be a much better experience, right? In terms of like responsiveness and overall processing performance. So I think it's a win. I would have loved to see something a little better, of course. You know, especially after the Redmi Note 10 Pro that I'm playing with as well right now, which has a 108 megapixel sensor in there and is incredibly good at imaging and costs even less than the Poco F3, but you don't get the chip, right? So it's like, a, again, you got to pick your battles, right? If I think if you just want mostly performance, you can't go wrong with Poco F3. Yeah, and one of the things I really like about the Poco F3 is it, it brings over many of the um, camera tricks that the xiaomi mi 11 can do because mm-hmm. usually you know how chinese phones ha- will add a lot of camera tricks that um like an iphone or samsung phones don't offer and most of the time these these are a little bit gimmicky they're kind of pointless but i think xiaomi's are actually very useful and fun to play with like i love the clone photo and video which allows you, demoed you to- that in your mi 11 light video is so cool yeah so, so the fact that you can take a video with two basically clone yourself or a friend. I, I think that's very fun. And I think a lot of people will have a lot of fun if they post on Instagram or social media. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, put it this way. If an iPhone can do this, you would see it raved nonstop on Twitter from, you know, media. They would be like, oh my God. Yeah, it would probably be a headline feature in the press announcement from Tim Cook, right? Yeah, I actually think Xiaomi should market it more because I really think that's a fun feature. I think most people, if you post that on Instagram, all the comments are going to be like, whoa, that's so cool, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, ultimately, this has been a very interesting week for Xiaomi and last week for Poco. And, you know, we're not even getting into the, the X3 Pro because I, I don't have one. And I, I think it's going to be an improvement over the X3 NFC, which I reviewed and liked a lot. But... I'm over IPS panels now at this price point because I want, now that I've seen what Xiaomi can do with AMOLEDs at this price point, I'm sticking around for the AMOLED panels, <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, yeah. again, the, that Redmi Note 10 Pro has, an, has the same AMOLED panel exactly as the Poco F3, 120 hertz, 1080p, nice and bright, super nice quality colors. Like, I'm just like, I cannot believe the price on this AMOLED panel. Amazing. Yeah. So let's talk to about BBK and Huawei a little. The Realme 8 Pro. I didn't even know that was coming because, as I said, I finally got my first Realme phone to play with. You're probably laughing because, you know, why is it taking me so long? But Realme finally got me a, a 7 5G in the fall, in the winter there. And it was, I was very impressed with it. Like, wow, what a great phone. To me, Realme feels like what OnePlus used to be, you know, the value leader of the BBK band. You know? Yeah. That's what it feels like. So 
unfortunately, they didn't reach out to me about a review note for the Realme 8 Pro. But what's the takeaway? What do we need to know about this phone? What makes it tick? Um, the 8 Pro is actually a little bit disappointing for me. And not just me. It's a lot of my in Indian colleagues are XDA because, you know, Realme is huge in India. Oh, yeah. They express the same sentiment because the 8 Pro is a step back from the 7 in many ways. Like, for example, it only has a 60 hertz display. Oh. Yeah. Even though the phone, it's really relatively cheap i believe it comes out to around 260 us dollars but but you know like like we just talked about poco gives you 120 at that same price range yeah yeah so the realme a pro is a 60 hertz it's an amoled panel the, the screen looks fine but 60 hertz is a little bit hard for me to accept in you know almost mid 2021 especially at that price point if it was a 200 phone i'd be okay but if it's like anything above 250 i think you start need to, to look at I'd almost be willing to go back to an IPS for the 120 hertz, you know, at that price. Yeah, and, and because previous Realme phones had gone with high refresh rate already. They were one of the first ones to give you high refresh rate despite um, the lower prices. So anything else that is disappointing other than display or is, that, is it just that? Just a just display. Otherwise, everything is fine. The, cam the main cam is 108 megapixel and it's a pretty good, about on par with with Xiaomi's uh, kind of entry-level 108 megapixel sensors. It's the Samsung one, right, that we see yes. also on the, the Redmi Note 10 Pro, yeah. And and what's the processor on that phone? Uh, Snapdragon 732G, I think. Oh, yeah, makes I'm sense. I'm not 100% sure, but it's some, yeah, I think it's 732G. So it basically competes directly with the the, the Redmi Note 10 Pro. Spec-wise, almost the same, but the Redmi wins on the 120 hertz display. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Same pricing too. Anything else that stands out that you liked? Um, not much. It's it's a slightly disappointing phone for me. Okay. Because of the sixty hertz panel and and the camera, it's it's fine. The main camera, but is not fine. great. And also the back of the phone, they really put the slogan uh, "Dare to Leap" on the back, and it's like huge. I saw that. I thought it was the case. That's actually on there permanent. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not a fan of it, but maybe some people like it. That sounds crazy, man. Why would yeah. you do that? I mean, <laughs> not funny. you, clearly. Wow, okay. Well, let's switch gears because the Vivo X60 Pro Plus is a phone you loved, I could tell from your review. Yeah. And I loved the X50 Pro last year. So many reasons for that reason I love that phone. And I cannot wait for Sean at vivo to send me an x60 pro plus and i want specifically the pro plus because of the dual telephoto i know one is not a telephoto it's a portrait lenses 2x but i want <laughs> what's your takeaway they changed the gimbal they put it on the ultra wide right yeah they changed it put it on ultra wide which makes more sense because i think that that further improves stabilization because it's a wider field of view so they can actually crop in to do a little bit of eis and yeah and i just think when you're shooting video, ultra, like a wider field of view, it's just better. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this, last year's the X50 Pro that I had, had a Snapdragon 765G. Does this have an 888 then? Is this a flagship? Yeah, it has an 888, so it is a flagship. Okay. And what kind of display are we talking? Is AMOLED 120 hertz? Is it Quad HD or 1080p? No, it's 1080p, but it's 120 hertz AMOLED. Nice. So I was just tweeting about this yesterday. I was using the Vivo 60 Pro Plus, which is a 120 hertz 
1080p. Yeah. And I jumped over to the OnePlus 9 Pro, which is a 120Hz um, WQHD. Yeah, Quad HD. And to be honest, I, I can't really tell the difference. I, I, I can't find either. that 1080p is good enough for a phone screen. I'm 100% with you, and I'm running my 8 Pro right now, my OnePlus 8 Pro, and I will probably be running my 9 Pro at uh, 1080p because it just saves the battery. And I, my, I just don't have good eyes, you know, like... I think people with perfect vision might be able to see the difference, but not me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I thought I have perfect vision because I don't need to wear glasses or contacts. So, so yesterday on Twitter, I said I can't see the difference. But then Sam Byford from The Verge says he, he can see the difference. So maybe yeah. I don't have perfect vision. That <laughs> Maybe he does. No, I think we, we, I mean, I certainly don't. I've been wearing glasses since I was three years old. <laughs> So what, one more thing I want to add about the X60 Pro Plus that I really like, it's, well, two things. I like the letter back. I, I, I like it when phone brands kind of do something a little bit different than just glass because I feel like yeah. the glass sandwich look, you know, it's, it's premium, but it's getting a little boring. So I like that it's vegan leather. feels mm-hmm. pretty nice. And the second thing is the ultra-wide-angle camera. It's a 48-megapixel sensor, which is quite close in quality to the 50-megapixel main camera. And I'm happy right. to see that's the case now. I think that's what the Mi 11 Ultra is going to do too because I take a lot of ultra-wide angle photos, so I want the ultra-wide sensor to be at least closer in quality to the main camera. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with you. Like ever since I used, you know, the Mate 30 Pro last year and then, you know, the P40 and P40 Pro and then, of course, the Mate 40 Pro and then the you know, the OnePlus 9 and 9 Pro now, the, the Oppo Find X 3 Pro, which has that incredible IMX 766 sensor. That thing is unbelievably good. I am trying to figure out if I like that sensor better than the 40 megapixel ultra wide on the P40, P40 Pro and Mate 30 Pro last year. It's a toss for me between those two right now. Yeah, I agree. Because the pixel size is so huge, like 1.12 microns on an ultra wide, then you pixel bin that to 2.24 microns. Are you kidding me? That makes for some incredible low light ultra wide photos. It's amazing. Yeah. So they moved the gimbal, which to makes a lot of sense, right? Because you want to do video primarily. The gimbal is really good for video, and ultra wide lenses are really good for video. So it's the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. I, I really like the X60 Pro Plus as a, as a video phone. So I've been shooting a lot of yeah. video with it just because I can shoot ultra-wide. So first, the ultra-wide, you know, the quality is better than the ultra-wide in many other phones. And yeah. also the gimbal helps stabilize a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a game-changer, but it does help a little bit. Yeah, no, it was noticeable last year on the main sensor on the X50 Pro, and I think that they did the right thing and then they gave us the better sensor too as a main sensor it's uh it was it samsung gn2 is that what it is again is it the crazy samsung one yeah yeah 50 megapixel samsung that's a freaking awesome sensor and the only thing i remember from watching your review that you didn't like and i'm i was also a little bummed by this is the mono speaker (laughs) who can make this flagship with a mono speaker still yeah the speakers are, are very weak actually yeah yeah and just one I'm also with you on the leather back. I had uh, the Oppo Find X2 Pro last year in the vegan leather version, and I really loved it. I think it's pretty hot. So I'm excited that uh, Vivo is taking on the Oppo 
they passed the torch, right? Gano? Because I don't <laughs> think there's an Oppo. Yeah. Wait, is there a vegan? There's no vegan leather version of the uh, Fine X3 Pro, right? Uh, no, I wish no. there were, but no. Yeah. It's, it's Xiaomi. The Mi 11 has a, a leather version. Yeah, that's right. It's not mm. Oppo anymore. Yeah. Wow. Exciting. So any other things that stand out with the X60 Pro for you? Do you feel it's a better phone than the X50 was last year? In terms of the, the, the camera config, other than moving the gimbal from the main to the ultra-wide, they're very similar, right? Yeah, they're very similar, but the main camera is... Huge improvement. I, I think Vivo software has just gotten better. So, so the camera is actually... I did a bunch of point and shoot with the Vivo 60 Pro Plus against the S21 Ultra. Yeah. And in low light, in low light, if we're talking about just point and shoot without night mode, the X60 Pro Plus consistently beat the S21 Ultra in low light photos because the sensor is so huge. Yeah. And we can expect that from the Mi, from the Mi 11 Ultra as well. It's the same sensor. Yeah. So that's exciting to me, right? Yeah, definitely. Wait, didn't the Mi 10 Ultra last year have that sensor as well? Yeah, it did. It did. It's 50 megapixel. Yeah. And I think the... Vivo X50 Pro Plus last year also had that sensor, but it didn't have a gimbal. Yeah, yeah, it had that too, yeah. Right. So for you, it's not your first rodeo. You've actually had that sensor in your hands a few times already. I, I have, but I think, I think Vivo has done some fine-tuning to make it, it... It definitely worked better than last year's uh, X50 Pro Plus. Yeah, it's a Gen 2 thing. Yeah. Remember the S20 Ultra last year, how sucky it was with the 108 megapixel? Yeah. And then we got the Note 20 Ultra, and everything was better. Yeah. And then now the S21 Ultra is just like freaking amazing with that sensor. And it's just like, it really tells you something that maybe you shouldn't buy a first generation of a sensor on a phone is probably something to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, although, although the 766, the sensor that's in both the main and ultra wide on the Oppo Find X3 Pro and also the ultra wide sensor on the OnePlus 9 series is out of the box pretty well tuned, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, I had a question for you. You've played with the uh, OnePlus 9 series now, and you've played with the Find X3 Pro. I like the color science better on the Oppo phone. Do you feel the same way? I I probably agree. I've only used the OnePlus 9 Pro for, for one day, so I haven't oh. compared to the with the Oppo yet, but I like the color science on the Oppo Find X3 Pro better than on on most of my other phones I've tested against. I really like the Oppo Find X3 Pro's uh, camera color science. Yeah, it is so... That's kind of part of the reason I told you earlier. Like, if I could get that phone with 5G support in the US, I would. that would be my main phone right now. Despite the, mm. you know, at least on paper, mediocre telephoto. Yeah. So let's let's finish with the uh, your review of the Huawei Mate X2 because this is like forbidden fruit territory for us here in the West. Like, we can't even order one. Like, import one is very difficult. So, this is a Chinese phone, right? It's it's not, there's no global version sold in Hong Kong, is there? No, it's only for the China market. Yeah, exactly. So, you said it in your video, and knowing what Huawei can do, I immediately agreed with you, not having any hands-on experience, that this is technologically the most advanced phone on Earth right now. Yeah, I would say so. Although, although in hindsight, I did think I may have gotten a little carried away in the video because <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of people accuse me of being biased against um, Samsung, and I don't think that's the case. I yeah. saw people claim that you were getting paid by Huawei. <laughs> yeah, they, they always do that whenever it's Chinese phones. But 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 I, I did 
Uh, yeah, I do want to say, I now looking back in the video, I probably should have mentioned some areas where the Z Fold 2 is still better. Like, for example, the 120 hertz of refresh rate. Yeah. And that the fact that the hinge can stay open and use flex mode, which you can't do with the Mate X2. Oh, so it only has an open and a closed position. It doesn't stay in the middle. Is it spring-loaded or something? Uh, it can stay in the middle, but it's... It, slightly uh, wobbly and then also the software doesn't do anything when you keep it in that halfway open position so you can definitely right you know what what one of the use cases i use with the full two a lot is i prop it up in the halfway open position and, and it's like a tripod i can then film myself or take selfies or take pictures of myself yeah that's a really good feature the z flip phones have that as well yeah yeah, so you can't do that on the Mate X2. So I felt like I should have mentioned that in the video because in that video, I basically gave the win to the Mate X2 in every category. But in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that. Well, now you've mentioned it on my podcast, Ben. So you're, you're fine. You're absolved. That's it. Everybody's going to listen to this. Maybe people will stop accusing me of being paid. That's know? right. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, so you know what struck me when they launched this phone was that it has the camera system basically carried over from the p40 pro plus like dual telephoto and everything like it's insane that is to me probably still with the s21 ultra the top camera system in the world right yeah so that's why it blew my mind because up until this point i, I thought it was just physically impossible to put a periscope zoom lens into a foldable phone because samsung hadn't done it then huawei comes along be like nope it's totally possible yeah I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, Huawei, I think, still innovates that way. Like, they still show us the way. Like, they did the P40 Pro Plus before Samsung did the Galaxy S21 Ultra. Like, every time somebody in the US here, because you don't have this problem in Hong Kong with all the people there knowing what Huawei is and other brands, but every time I have somebody come to me like, well, the S21 did this first, I'm like, no, it did not. Yeah. It certainly did not do the dual telephoto first we have a history of dual telephoto phones before it including the p40 pro plus the vivo x50 pro you know and it's it's interesting because to me it just confirms what i've always felt about huawei which is if you want the best hardware the first out with the best hardware just look at huawei yeah i right? agree yeah speaking of it What's the wireless and wired charging speed on that? Is this as crazy as a P40 Pro Plus? Like 50 watt on both or 65 on one and 50 on the other? Well, the Mi X2 does not support wireless charging, but wired oh. it is, it is a, I believe, 65 watt. Okay. Well, yeah, that would you would expect. I'm surprised they don't have wireless charging on that. I mean, Samsung has it on the Z Fold 2. That's a big omission. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Hey, speaking of which, the Vivo doesn't have that either, right? The X60 Pro Plus? Yeah, no, it does not. No. And and since uh, we're, I'm kind of filling the gaps, the Poco F3 and the Mi 11 Lite obviously don't have wireless charging, but I was, I was just going to get to the fact that they have 33-watt fast charging, just in case you folks are wondering, because obviously now that I've had my OnePlus 9 series phones for three weeks, I'm very spoiled, especially the 9 Pro wireless charging at 50 watt is crazy my xiaomi mi 11 can do wireless charging at 50 watt as well but i don't have a compatible xiaomi stand i have a 30 watt xiaomi stand from last year so i can't test that but here's what's exciting ben i can charge the oppo find x3 pro obviously 
wirelessly on the OnePlus 9 Pro charger and get the full 30-watt <laughs> charging because uh, it only tops off at 30-watt wireless. I mean, we all know that SuperVOOC and Warp, whatever it's called, charging. And then Vivo has their own thing too, right? All of those yeah. work together. Like you can, uh, they're all compatible because BBK group, right? Actually, no, the Vivo one is not compatible. Oh, it's different? With, yeah, it's huh. different. It's different. That's so weird. Yeah, so if you use a Vivo fast charging brick, it will not charge a OnePlus at max speed and like vice versa. But the Oppo and OnePlus, completely yeah, the okay. same. I mean, OnePlus PR is going to hate me for saying this, but well, whatever. the Warp Charge, it's exactly the same as Vuk Charge. It's exactly the same. I'm surprised that BBK didn't do the same with Vivo. That's weird to me. That seems like a, a waste of uh, resources, but hey. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do find in general, Oppo and OnePlus have a lot closer hardware ties than Vivo. Vivo seems to be... On its own. Yeah, a little bit. And you know what's interesting? By the way, here's a little trick. This doesn't work for all the phones, but a lot of the Xiaomi phones with wireless charging and wire charging will charge at the maximum speed with Huawei chargers and vice versa. Mm, that's cool. I didn't know So that. I think this might be a situation where... Xiaomi and Huawei might have worked together on the technology and shared or one licensed it from the other because I was really surprised by that. And I was, you know, it's, I was able to verify it, it works. It was really, it's like, wow, you know, I can generally test by, wireless is hard to test, but with wired, you know, I, I put one of those little dongles in between and I can see the current and voltage and I know how much, how fast it's charging, right? Well, there you go. So anything else that stands out of my mate? X2, obviously, no wireless charging. That stands out. The camera system stands out. What processor is that using? Is that using the new Kirin 9000 or whatever? Yeah, Kirin 9000. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so what stands out to me about the phone is when it's folded, it feels uh -huh. very much like a normal smartphone because one, it folds flat, and two, the screen is a little bit wider, has a more traditional aspect ratio. Because Samsung's uh, right. fold phones, when, when it's folded right now, it still feels, you know, it doesn't feel like a regular phone. It's like something it's that's... It's super tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ha, huh, that's awesome. Yeah, some people say they prefer the super tall because it's easier to use one hand. And I can see that. So I actually uh, maybe agree with that. But, but the Mate X2, when it's folded, like honestly, if you, if you close your eyes and you just hold the Mate X2 when it's folded, you might not even be able to tell it's a folding phone. Like the fact, <laughs> other than the fact it's a little bit heavy and thicker. I wonder what the Mi Mix Fold is going to be like when we get our hands on it. Is it going to be more like the Mate X2 or more like the Z Fold 2? From the photos, it looks more like the Z Fold 2 because when it's folded, it's still really tall okay. and narrow. It's not like the Mate X2. The Mate X2 really feels like a regular phone when it's folded. Right. I'm not going to complain for whatever, 1500 or whatever dollars if the Mi Mix Fold is a little tall <laughs> yeah. when shut. I can't be that picky. Yeah. Oh, question for you. The Vivo X60 Pro Plus, how fast does that charge wired? 65, right? No, 55, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm still getting used to it now of so many of my phones charging fast that I don't charge overnight anymore. I just charge as I need. It feels really annoying when you jump back to an iPhone and it's like... Oh my God. Well, <laughs> even the Galaxy S21, 25 watt charging. Are you kidding me? The Poco F3 yeah. is faster than that. Yeah, because right? like, to be honest, fast charging is most useful for those middle of the day top ups. Like, for example, when I need to head out in one hour, but my no, I need to head out in 20 minutes. My phone's at like 20 percent. 
if I plug in a BBK phone, I know in that 20 minutes of charging, it's already going to get me back up to like 70, 80%. By doing an iPhone, it jumps like 8% in 20 minutes. I plugged my OnePlus 9 Pro into the actual physical cord for 10 minutes. I put a timer on because I wanted to see what it would be like. And it was at 22%. And when I picked it up, it was at 55. 10 minutes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying this because those of you who are listening right now, my audience that are in the US, you have no idea what we're talking about. Until you experience this, it's like 120 hertz. There's no going back. You will never want a phone that cannot charge fast ever again after that. Right? Yeah. See? Take it from Ben. Ben knows best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I think that's the show. We don't really have any other major like newsy things. Like we have a lot of reviews today. It's kind of cool. Did Xiaomi change their logo and it looks exactly the same as before, but less less square? Yeah, they made it they made it rounder. I think that's about it. I yeah, it's I mean I feel this way about all launch events to be honest. It's a little bit too much. Too much fluff. Brouhaha. So yes, they spent yes. 10, 15 minutes talking about the new logo. And I just tuned out. Yeah, no, that's why I'm bringing it up. Because it's like, I didn't want to put it down as a news item because it's so irrelevant and stupid. But since, you know, we're making fun of the fact that the news were pretty stale this week, other than all these phones we just talked about that were launched. Yeah, there you go. There's a piece of news for you. Xiaomi has a new logo that's just slightly rounder than the previous one. Ben, do you want to tell the audience where they can find you on the internet, your social media handles, where you write, your YouTube channel, pimp all your good stuff out, will you? Um, so I review smartphones and other tech on YouTube under the handle or name Ben's Gadget Review. So you type in Ben's Gadget Review, it should pop up. And I also am a senior editor at XDA Developer. So I write there at least three, four articles a week. Yeah, and my Instagram, uh, my Instagram is also Ben's Gadget Reviews, one word. So these are my three platforms that I mostly do tech stuff. I also have a Twitter, but I wouldn't recommend following that just for tech because I keep it like a personal account. So I would say Instagram is better if you just care about smartphone stuff. Cool. There you go, folks. And please do subscribe to Ben's YouTube channel and do read his stories on XDA and check out his awesome photos on Instagram. It's going to be worth it. If you're like me, a Chinese phone aficionado, you're going to get a lot of really interesting stuff there. Even if you're not a Chinese phone aficionado, just just do it. Do it. And folks, you know where to find me. I'm at Tankgirl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L on Twitter and Instagram. That's like Tankgirl, the comic book character, but you drop the vowels and that's how you find me. Obviously, Twitter is where you want to talk about the podcast. You can hit me and Ben and we can we can answer your questions. And then uh, Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures taken with phones and pretty pictures of phones. And then I got a couple of YouTube channels. One is been around for a long time. It's where you see all my unboxings, mostly unboxings because they're like compliment, visual compliments to this podcast where I actually do the reviewing. But there's some hands-on, some reviews as well there. It's youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast and then there's a new channel that my producer and i have been like trying to get going but it's it's difficult but it's going to be a lot of smart home and kind of travel tech because we have a volkswagen camper and stuff it's called youtube.com slash mobile tech more and please subscribe to that because we are trying to monetize we need more subscribers so there's not a lot of content there but hang tight we'll have some stuff at some point and right now we can use your help 
getting more subscribers. And then if you followed Ben here and you've never listened to the show before, the URL for the show is mobiletechpodcast.com. And you can find me on all the major podcasting apps like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. And if you have the opportunity to rate or review the show in your podcast app, please considering that to help people discover the show. I'd really appreciate that. There's also a link to donate in the show notes. The show notes is where I put all the links related to this podcast. You'll find all of the links to Ben's videos there right now. And uh, the, the donate link essentially goes to my website and then there's a PayPal button there. So if you can help donate, that would be great. I also want to thank Audible, our sponsor. They've been with me since the very early days and I love them for it. If you want to help the podcast and also help Audible, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech is the URL and it will get you a 30-day free trial and you get to keep a free book at the end. Whether you stay or not, it's a really great deal. And if you do join Audible, you'll support the podcast. Even if you don't stick around, whatever, just consider it audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. The question you probably have is why should I do this? And the reason you should do this is because if you're like me and you're a bookworm and you love books, but you don't always want to read books, you want to have them read to you, this is the solution. Like Audible's got the best collection of books available. A lot of the books are read by the authors. They're like, some of them are super epic long, which I love because it's like reading a real book. You, you don't read the whole thing in one sitting. You just do an hour or two here and an hour or two there. And it just feels like very organic like that. So check out Audible, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. If you want to join, you'll help the podcast, you'll help Audible and everybody will be happy. I want to thank Audible for being with us for a really long time. And I want to thank you, Ben, once again, for being my guest on the show. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me on, Miriam. It's an honor. Absolutely. We'll have you on again at some point in the future. And folks, we'll have another show next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.